Thank you for listening to this service from Calvary of Albuquerque. It's our hope that this message will help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Good evening. I'm glad you came tonight. You're in for something special. Uh, Somebody reminded me of something, an old friend. I was speaking out in Southern California this last weekend, and she reminded me that uh, I, I was this one gal I was privileged to lead to the Lord. And I remember the night I led her to Christ, and she said, What I remember, Skip, is that like a week later, you took us out to the Huntington Beach Pier, a group of friends, and you paired, paired us up, took, it, took us in pairs, and you turned us loose on the Huntington Beach Pier to share the gospel with people. And she said, I was petrified. I thought, I can't do this. But the feeling at the end of every night when we would go out and witness, the feeling of leading souls to Christ or planting a seed or the excitement once I got past the initial fear of being able to share with someone and affect their eternity, affect their, their eternal standing with God. She said it was the most exhilarating feeling ever. And I would agree with that. There's just nothing like knowing that God used me for a purpose. And when we first started this fellowship many, 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 many years ago, we um, got involved with missions right off the bat, and getting people in, um, in missions and supporting uh, indigenous missionaries in India. Uh, we were working with KP, and we still work with that group to this day. And God has blessed many of those ministries. But it's always been a very important component of discipleship is that we take what Jesus said, the Great Commission, very seriously, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. Well, I heard something and saw something a couple of months ago that just floored me. And you're going to hear it tonight and see it tonight. I was at a conference, and I saw something that my heart just, it it leapt. I had never before seen a group that was involved in something that, I had even in my mind thought about it, thought, what's the possibility of using computer technology, not just for building up the body of Christ, but for getting the gospel around the world and impacting people's lives for Christ, not knowing that greater minds, much greater than my mind, has already been working on this. And what you're about to see tonight, I mean, to me, it's revolutionary. When I saw this, I thought, I want to do this. I really want to do this, and I want our church to be able to see it. And um, it, it is something that could truly revolutionize not only people around the world, it can revolutionize us who get involved in it. So tonight, I'm going to introduce you to our guest speaker. He's going to speak for a little bit. Then I'm going to interview him. I'm going to ask him a series of questions. And um, you can ask him some questions, too. As you know, this is a, an interactive evening. Uh, expound. Our Wednesday night is always interactive. So as you're listening to John uh, and you're thinking of a question, you want to either email in or you want to text it in. Uh, Some of you are watching by internet. Others of you are listening to this on the radio. Uh, Many of you are in the auditorium. I know that because I can actually see you here. And if you brought a cell phone or a device and you want to communicate, please put it on mute, first of all. Number two, do not send and receive emails with anybody else tonight or text your friends. Here's a picture of somebody sitting next to me. So, But we invite you to use your technology to interact with us. So it's going to be up on the screen, but if you want to text, um, you can text questions to 
368-674, keyword expound ABQ. Once again, 368-674, keyword expound ABQ. Or you can email questions to questions at expound dot... No. Hold on. Questions at expoundabq.org. Once again, questions at expoundabq.org. So we're going to entertain those questions uh, after the first segment. I want John to just show you what's going on around the world and how we can get involved. And then I, I have some questions I want to ask him to explain this um, about our possible involvement. So without any further ado, would you please welcome someone who's become a friend of mine now, John Blanford. Thanks, Kit. Okay, so is this one working? Okay, good. Well, let me pray first. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I, I just come to you and ask that your Holy Spirit would fall in this place tonight. And that as, as Skip said, that as he first heard this, his spirit leapt, Lord. So that is my prayer for everyone here, everyone watching on the web, and everyone listening on the radio, Lord. That if this is a work that you have prepared in advance for these folks to do, Lord, that their spirit would leap as they hear what you're doing through the ministry that is GMO. And Lord, if you wanted to focus on, completely focus on other areas, I would pray that you would put checks in their spirit and, and just say, you know what? This is awesome and praise God, but, but it's not for me, Lord. So we, we give you this time. I just ask that you'd speak through me and be glorified tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. So GMO is, you can go to the web now. Okay. Uh, we're a ministry. We have 120 websites, about 120 websites in 15 languages all over the world. Purely evangelistic and discipleship in nature. What you're looking at right here on the screen is the aggregate count of what's going on on those 120 websites today. And the, the little blue dots, if you can see on the screen, those are people right now who are reading the gospel or hearing it on one of our websites. When they turn to yellow, like someone in Florida and someone in Texas, that means they've just prayed to receive Christ live. Praise God. Amen. Those numbers you're looking at are today's numbers. We update those numbers at midnight Pacific time. So, so far today, we've presented the gospel over 110,000 times today. Hallelujah. 17,186 folks today have indicated a decision for Christ. Amen. <laughs> And 2,471 of those folks have given us their email address and in effect said, would you please tell me more about Jesus? So really, as, as you consider what's going on in the rest of this presentation as I share, that's, that's one question I want you to consider. If you went home tonight or tomorrow night and someone knocked on your door and said, would you tell me more about Jesus? Would you open the door? Skip was sharing a uh, story about how they used to go out to the pier and they were all, probably all of them, most of them were scared to you know, say the first word, but how exhilarating it was at the end. Well, this is a ministry that literally has people coming to you saying, please tell me more about Jesus. So if that intrigues you, please listen up. The vision of our ministry is rather big. First time I heard it, I thought it was extraordinarily big. 
supernaturally big, and, and I guess it is. Uh, it's to, that we would do our part to give every person on the planet multiple opportunities to hear the good news of Jesus Christ by the year 2020, less than 10 years away, and that we would see hundreds of millions of those come to a saving knowledge of Christ, and that even more than that, we would build them in their faith and connect them to fellowships and churches all over the globe. So that was a pretty big vision. Earlier this year, our chairman, Walt Wilson, who founded the ministry in 2004, and Walt was an early executive at Apple Computer, and it's really just neat to see how God has used him uh, to start this ministry. Uh, Earlier this year, he was burdened by the thought that, you know, what if that's my vision? What if that's GMO's vision? And what if God wants to move faster? Are we ready to handle that? Can our systems handle it? Well, let's find out. So with that, he was also, last year we saw a typical day we would see about 300 to 400,000 folks come to our websites. And he was burdened with a, uh, with a prayer. He just said, Lord, please bring us one million people in one day. That'd be a heck of a crusade, right? <laughs> a, million, a million gospel presentations in one day. So with that, I'm not going to tell you how it came about, but I will tell you that on March 23rd and March 24th of this year, we exceeded over one million gospel presentations and visitors to our websites each day. Hallelujah. With that in mind, check out this brief uh, less than two minute video, which kind of unpacks that day and the ministry that is GMO. People all over the world are open to hearing the good news. What if you could help reach a million of them in one day? This is the gospel in the 21st century. If he provides vision, he will provide results. Global media outreach has seen firsthand how God can use the internet to reach over a million people for Christ in a day. We are the first generation ever to hold in our hands the technology to reach every person on the earth with the message of Jesus Christ. To realize that this stream of people searching was already there. But you sunk the well with that website. You tap that thing and it goes down. It's a result of vision, prayer, and technical savvy. GMO believes it is possible to give everyone on earth multiple opportunities to hear the good news. We are living in the midst of change so dramatic that God has to be right in the middle of it. Today, we're seeing doors opening for the gospel at a rapid pace, but they can close just as quickly. What an opportunity God has put before us to be able to go into all of eternity, able to say, I was a member of the generation that completed the Great Commission. People are searching for Jesus on the Internet, and we've seen how God can reach at least a million people in one day. I am asking you to step out with a radical faith, for God is faithful. He will not fail us. What if this was just the beginning? Be part of the answer and join us as a great commission. So with that, the, the information that I haven't shared yet, but which really fuels our ministry, is that Google's been telling us for years that 2 million people every single day are, quote-unquote, looking for God on the Internet. So that means they're going to Google or another search engine. They're typing in God, heaven, hell, prayer, something like that, right? They don't know God. I would never think to Google God or Jesus, but I know him. And I I like to share a story that 
everything I don't know, I Google though, right? And this isn't a plug for Google, but um, about I'm, I'm now 47 years old and climbing quickly. And it was just about six months ago that I Googled how to hard boil an egg. And I didn't know, a 46-year-old man at the time didn't know how to hard boil an egg, but I Googled it, and within 10, 10 seconds I found out the answer. So we've got millions of people all over the planet who are looking for God on the Internet. They don't know him. They're Googling him. So that's, that's how we're getting the folks to our sites. And this, this was how the Lord used the ministry last year. We presented the gospel almost 120 million times. We saw 15 and over 15 and a half million people indicated a decision last year. 2,468,000 of those gave us their email address. And let me expound on that real quickly here. That email address, that's where you can come in. So you can act as what we call an online missionary. So you can help disciple these people. You can tell them more about Jesus, if you will, from your living room, from your office, with a cup of coffee and your laptop. So it's those 2.4 million people that we need to respond to, and that number grows every year. So we need more online missionaries, and that's, that's one of the calls to action tonight. So that's how the Lord used the ministry last year. And as you consider what it might look like, would I be interested in being an online missionary? I want you to, I need to stress this absolutely. It is so simple to do. Technologically, if you can send and receive email, you can do this ministry. And my mom can send and receive email. And I promise you, there's not one person in here, I'd be shocked if maybe there's one that is more petrified of a computer than my mother. But I assure you that I still get two, three jokes a day that she forwards via email. So I know she can, and she can do this ministry. So technologically, you don't need to be a tech whiz to do this ministry. Theologically, you do not need to be a Bible college grad. You just need to love the Lord. Remember, this is an email situation. This isn't a chat. This isn't even at the coffee shop where someone, oh, no, I can't share my faith. They might ask a question that's too tough for me. If they ask you a question that's too tough for you on email, you have time to dig into the Word. We have online resources that we partner with a couple of websites that just have phenomenal scriptural answers to questions that people ask all the time. You can pray about it. You can ask someone. So you have the time to respond to them via email, and you'll see yourself growing in your faith as you serve here. So technologically, it's simple. Theologically, it's simple. And time, it, you can adapt this to your schedule. It takes about 10 to 15 minutes a day to be an online missionary. And you can even, you can even shorten that if you want. You can say, you know what, I only want emails two, three days a week. Or you can say, I, I'd like an email every day. And right now we're understaffed. You can say, I'd, I'd like two or three emails a day. But you can back that down to two, three emails a week or, or one a day. So time-wise, it's also simple. So not only is it simple, but it's incredibly effective. We, had a, we, we took a survey. We had a couple of donors put together this survey. They called themselves resident skeptics. They said, you know, well, what do these yeses mean? And all these people are clicking, yes, I prayed to receive Christ, but, and they're getting followed up with by, by our folks, but... But what does it really mean? So they put together six uh, spiritual question survey. They sent it out to about 80,000 of our uh, new believers who had come to faith in Christ more than six months ago and, um, and less than 18 months ago. So kind of that window where they could have walked away from uh, whatever decision they had. 
So with that survey, they got over 8,000 responses back, and, or 7,869 responses back. Sorry about that. Um, and these were people who said yes six to 18 months earlier. The questions we asked, I'm going to share four with you. We said the first question was probably the most important. How sure are you that you know Christ is your personal Savior? 88% of these folks said we're very certain. 9% said we're somewhat certain. Then we said, how often do you read your Bible? 40% said they're in the Word daily. 33% one to two times a week. So 75% of these folks about are getting in the Word a couple of times a week. How often are you attending church or meeting with a small group of Christians? 62% said weekly. And another 14%. So again, about 75% of the folks are one to two times a month. They're in fellowship. How often have you shared your faith with others? This is a number that it would be my prayer that the, the church in America would, would be able to answer with, with this resounding of a yes. 53% of these new believers said that they have shared their faith three times or more in the last six months. Another 37% had shared their faith once or twice. So 90% of them have shared their faith in the last six months. And I, I would reckon to you that if that happened in all of the churches all over America, it would change this country. We'd be living in revival. So it's effective. New believers are walking with Jesus. And, and I, I heard this donor share this with a, another group of philanthropic-type folks. And he said, look, we know that when we take surveys, spiritual surveys specifically, people give inflated opinions of themselves. They want to be seen as more spiritual than they are, right? He said, but cut this number down by two or even by three and multiply it by 15 and a half million decisions a year. And it's staggering how effective the ministry is. The online missionaries also are growing in their faith. The people just like you who could serve as an online missionary. We, we also surveyed them. We do a lot on the back end to make sure we're kind of a advancing, going on the straight and narrow, right? And to a man, they said, more confidence in sharing their faith, strengthen their personal walk with the Lord, more global-minded, uh, just really growing in their faith, and tons of anecdotes about how online missionaries are, are growing in their faith, as, as well as the folks who are coming to uh, faith in Christ over the Internet. So I was so excited when Skip said, you know, you can have folks texting questions. So here's my solicitation to you. I would love, you know, I, I think as I share this, that everyone would want to do this. Um, it's simple, it's effective, so, so why wouldn't you as a Bible-believing Christian want to do this? Um, so let me know why you wouldn't. Text me in not only questions, but text me in fears if you would. You know, you tell me it's simple, but I can't believe it's simple. I, I hate computers. Or whatever your fear is, I, I would love to get some just kind of knowledge as to, you know, what might keep you away from doing this. I'm sure a lot of you are going to do this, but... Probably not everyone. Uh, so we have over 7,000. It's really important for us to do that because we have over 7,000 online missionaries now. We reckon we need 33,000 by next year. So we've got a lot of work to do as far as recruiting online missionaries, which is one of the reasons I'm so grateful for Skip giving us his platform this evening. Uh, now, it's simple and it's effective, and I don't know that anyone can do it, but I want you to watch this video. Sarah was born in April of 1976. Um, at first it wasn't obvious that she had any disabilities, but we found out when she was about a year old that she had cerebral palsy. 
As a disabled person, I don't get out of the house much, so my opportunities to share my faith are very limited. When I heard about Global Media Outreach at my church, I wanted to be a part of it. I knew that this would be a good opportunity for me. I've wanted to go on mission trips and things, but I feel like that's pretty impossible. And thus, I felt unable to do part of what the Lord told us to do. For me, it's a quiet marvel. When we hear the Lord say, go into the world, and we want with all of our hearts to do that, and that we, but, but we realize, but I can't do that, that he says, oh, <laughs> I have a way. <laughs> I make a way. Working with Global Media Outreach allows me to share the knowledge and experience I have as a Christian. It also allows me to pray for different people all over the world. I hear from someone who has either just gotten saved or has rededicated his life to the Lord most every day. I've started writing someone lately who seems very interested in knowing more. By that, I think he's pretty hungry for the Lord. Getting a chance to see Sarah work as an online missionary was probably one of the most exciting and humbling experiences I've ever had. And the things that she has to go through just to answer one email, it's amazing to me. But to see that she does it with such a, such a willing spirit and a desire to reach the lost, she's doing what every Christian on the face of the earth should be doing, and that's sharing the good news of the gospel. She's being a witness for Jesus. She's taken what God's given her and said, let me use that to glorify him. And so here she is, someone who can't even feed herself, giving out the bread of life to so many thousands of people. Through my work with GMO, I have seen that God can use me and anyone else he wants to further his kingdom. And I like being useful. As disabled as I am, sometimes it feels like all I do is have others do for me. I don't feel like I give much back. GMO is definitely a place I can give back to the Lord. It's awesome to me that that he has called her and with the calling provided her the 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 work. Using a computer is something most people can do. Email is kind of an equalizer for me. Working with GMO allows me to be in touch with new believers from every part of the world. My life may be very limited because of my disability, but through global media outreach I can touch the world. What is going on around the world now is almost, not almost everyone, but the majority of people on the planet have cell phones so they have access to the internet. We get over half, we, a, a large percentage of our hits come over mobile phones right now. We know that in South Africa, over 80% of the people live on less than $2 a day, and over 80% of the people have cell phones. The service is so inexpensive over there, major companies actually pay that they would get to use cell phones. And so I had six pictures of, of people from Africa, people in Afghanistan, people in Pakistan with cell phones. Um, there's this picture I have of a Muslim guy riding a horse, and he's talking on a cell phone. And I had to check with what Albuquerque's laws are, and I know you guys can't drive in a car and 
talk on a cell phone, but apparently he can ride on a horse and talk on a cell phone. So it's just amazing what's going on all over the planet now, but even more exciting than that is there's this plan in place right now called O3B, which stands for Other 3 Billion. Right now, there are 3 billion people on the planet that do not have access to the Internet. By the year 2015, the the superpowers of the world and the the major tech companies, Google, Cisco, Intel, have all gotten together and are spending a cumulative $1.5 trillion to see to it that by the year 2015, everyone will have access to the Internet. The world's going to be just a global hotspot. So if everyone has access to the Internet, everyone's going to have access to the gospel. Matthew 24, 14, when the disciples are asking Jesus, what are some of the signs of the end times, right? And he's talking about earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars. And, gee, do you read your paper? And, but in verse 14, he says, in this gospel of the kingdom of God will be preached to all the nations, and then the end will come. And I was taught once that, that that Greek for the word then means suddenly then the end will come. So we live in amazingly fascinating times. And our, our chairman, Walt Wilson, loves to share that, you know, us guys in Silicon Valley, and I mentioned he, he was a early executive at Apple Computer, right? He's been in Silicon Valley for 40 years. And he says, us guys in Silicon Valley, we didn't invent bits. We didn't create them. We just discovered them a few decades ago. So my question to you is, why do you think Christ created bits? Because Colossians 1.16 tells us very clearly that everything, visible and invisible, those zeros and ones that are flying around in the air, those bits that allow computers and the Internet to work, Christ created everything, visible and invisible, to be used by him and for him. We believe with every fiber of our being that Christ created bits to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. And we are, we are seeing closed country. Every country is represented by decisions throughout GMO. We, we've reached every country right now. And it's just amazing. So I'll leave you with one story of how this can replicate itself and how you might be blessed as an online missionary. Uh, there's this gal, Lada, in Cambodia. She found one of our websites... Uh, and she said she rededicated her life to Christ. But the comment she left was, she said, I feel really depressed and very far from God, and I don't think I can get God back in my life. And her email ended up in this gal Aggie Hertel's inbox from uh, Costa Mesa. She actually goes to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. And so she responds to this gal, Lada, who's depressed and far from God. And then she leads her on this 30-day Bible study, which, which is available for every online missionary to lead people through if you want to. And she leads Lada in Cambodia through this 30-day Bible study. And Lada catches the fire of the Lord. Now, Lada's constricted to a wheelchair, but she's on fire for God, and she works in an orphanage. And so Lada takes 120 kids in Cambodia, 95% Buddhist, about 1% Christian, she takes them on a, a retreat, just a regular retreat. At the end of the retreat, she shares the gospel with them. Sixty kids in Cambodia prayed to receive Christ that day. This from a woman who was depressed and far from God, but 
stumbled across one of our websites, right? So then she goes back to Aggie and she says, Aggie, you got to teach me about baptism. I want to baptize these kids. And so Aggie teaches her about baptism. She probably had to ask people, how would I, how would I teach her about baptism? The point is she did it. Then Lada baptized 65 kids in Cambodia. And she tells Aggie, today I baptized 65 kids in Cambodia. And Aggie said, I thought you said it was 60. And Lada said, yeah, but since, since the retreat, I've led five more to Christ. So praise God. So Father, thank you so much. For what you are doing. And again, I just pray again, as, as Skip's going to come up and we're going to chat some more about this, that if spirits are leaping here, um, that as I give the call to action, you, you would share with them exactly uh, what you would have them do. In Jesus' name. Did you hear that statistic? And John, I want to just cover that with you. Two million people a day are looking for God on the internet. Now you, you told me that statistic, and I was already flabbergasted with that. And then you told me, well, we think there's more than that. Yeah, th- thanks for bringing that up, Skip. That's what Google was telling us for years, and, and I believe you know, that's what they thought. Well, when we, when we reached a million people with one day, in one day for the gospel... Um, that, and that took some very special donors on our behalf so we could buy more internet ads, which is how it went down. And the second day we reached a million, the guy said, asked our chairman or CEO, he said, you know, what, um, what's keeping us from reaching a million and a half people today? Is it just money? And we said, well, you know, our servers are running at like 900% capacity and yada, yada, yada. But the bottom line is, yeah, it's probably money. So the guy said, I don't care what it costs, I'll write the check. You reach a million and a half today if you can. By 11 p.m. that night, praise God, we reached a million and a half people. On Pentecost Sunday, which was a couple months after, that, that went down March 24th. On Pentecost Sunday, we reached over 1.9 million people with the gospel. So we, we believe that number is definitely, it's obviously, they're not all finding our site. So it's millions and millions and millions of people every day are looking for God. The hunger's out there. Uh, John, um... How, how did, wait, wait a minute, before I ask you this question, the little map that we saw just a moment ago of the, what's happening today in this live feed, yeah. is that something that anybody can see? Sure. So the, on, our on, we, we could go on and watch this happening before our eyes. Yes. As well as take part in it. Right. I encourage you not to do it at work because you get really into it, you just kind of stare at it. <laughs> yeah. But yes, the, the website is called greatcommission2020.com, and that's the number 2020 for our, our vision. So greatcommission2020.com, just watch what the Lord's doing. Okay, and again, before I, and, and while I'm asking John questions, you may have a question or a fear or an issue about this. Please text it in or email it in. John, how did GMO get started? The, uh, you know, I, I mentioned the chairman. He doesn't like me to share, you know, he's such a humble leader and such a great man of God. But um, back in 1993, he, you know, again, he's one of the, the higher ups in Silicon Valley. He's meeting with 12 guys over at, at MIT on the East Coast. And they're talking about the World Wide Web, which is about the launch. And, he's, and they're talking about how, how to maximize revenue and how to um, monetize, I should say, uh, the World Wide Web. And Walt says he's peppered with questions by God. 
How will you be able to use this to disciple the nations? How will you be able to use this to advance the gospel? So much so that he gets home that night and he shares with his wife, we've got to quit our job, I've got to start a ministry. But God impressed on him, you know, now's not the time. And, uh, but in 2003, God had started moving in on him again. Now's the time. He also, God started speaking to, speaking to um, Steve Douglas, who's the president of Campus Crusade. You need to use the Internet more effectively. And Steve and Walt knew each other, and I want you to challenge Walt Wilson to do it. So he did, and the ministry, it was an easy yes for Walt because God was already telling him to do it. So that's, that's the genesis of the ministry. Uh, here's a question that I have. What, what if... Um, what if uh, you know, you're talking about ministering to people in Cambodia or mm. in other countries. Um, I don't speak the language of Cambodia. I speak only English, and um, I have trouble sometimes with that language. Uh, how, how on earth can we communicate to people across the, la- the language barrier? Yeah, well, right now we have websites in 15 languages, as I mentioned, but we also have online missionaries in each of those languages. So we don't do any of the translate. It, it's just not that effective, you know, the Google Translate and things. It still comes off as non-conversational. So we look for online missionaries in each language. So when you fill out, the first step to becoming an online missionary is to fill out an application online. And when you do that, you'll be asked, what languages do you speak fluently? Now, the majority of our hits do come in English. Uh, so if I only speak English, but, and so I only get English-speaking um, responses. Okay, um, you, and you had mentioned to me um, something interesting uh, a couple weeks ago that you are looking for more uh, Spanish. Thanks, You're looking for more Spanish-speaking people. Is that correct? Yes, we desperately need Spanish-speaking online missionaries. Uh, we could put hundreds to work tomorrow. We, we sometimes have to kind of be less aggressive with our advertising because some of Latin America is so fertile. How many of you here speak Spanish? Can I see a show of hands? Wow. Wow. That's a lot of you. That's great. We could use you, I think. Um, we have a question that was texted in, and we're going to throw this up on the screen. It's, it says, um, how do you get the people to come to the GMO website? This is a good question because you said millions of people a day are looking for God on the Internet. How would they know to come to this website? That's sort of a hook, right, that you're, right. That you're fishing with. How do they find you? Yeah, so think of a typical Google search. You type in um, Jesus, in this case, and we'll take ads. We'll take Internet ads, and I'm not going to go too deep into our strategies. We like to keep some things, you know, to ourselves. Um, But the more ads we take, the more people we get to our sites. And um, we not only are are reaching out to people specifically looking for God or Jesus, but also... um, we're, we're trying to hit them at their points of crisis. We know Jesus is basically the answer to everything, right? So we have a, a website called GodInMarriage.com and GodInDivorce.com and GodLovesMarines.com. And so we we're, and so the, the numbers of websites are growing and growing and growing. Um, so are, are, are people, do you find that people, have you surveyed this, they're writing, how can I find meaning in life, or I want to know who God is, um, is there a God in heaven, or is that the kind of questions people are kind of Googling and searching? Absolutely, absolutely. And, they're, and then when they do that, your site pops up and they're directed to it. Yeah. Now, I'm hearing about a lot of English speakers, and you're looking for Spanish speakers. Can I infer then that most of the hits that you get are from Americans? No, actually, and that's a great question, Skip. Uh, most countries have some... I've been told that in China, 
I forget by what year, but it's very soon. It may even be now. More people speak English than in America. Um, and it's, I understand it's a lot because of the Internet. Um, it, it's just the keyboard is so English-friendly. But so you'll get uh, folks from all over the planet. You, you will minister to people from all over the planet. Uh, China and India uh, are two of our biggest, most, uh, where we get the most hits from. America's like third or fourth traditionally. Um, are you looking for a certain demographic of person, or can anybody do this? If they have a real heart for it, would, would anybody... Who would be turned away from this, and who is it that you're looking for? Yeah. The only people that would be turned away are um, folks that are under 18, when you speak of demographics. Uh, need to be 18 years old, and invariably someone will come up to me at a presentation like this and say, you know, before they hear that, and they'll bring their 14-year-old and say, he'll make the best online missionary. And I'll be like, I'm sure he would, but you know what? He needs to be 18, but this would be a great thing for the two of you to do together, how you guys could grow together spiritually and pray for these people together and answer together. So that's the only demographic that's cut off. To further answer your question, as I reference my mom, and I've been sharing that for years now. Uh, I just got permission to share it like a week ago. Um, But... All of that to say, some of the semi-retired and retired folks are our best online missionaries. So many people think of the 20 and 30-year-olds because they're so wired, right? Every, they're always looking at their phones. And they're great online missionaries, but really the semi-retired and the retired folks, time, wisdom, this revitalizes so many, so many of their ministries. So it, it's just... You know, also just as an aside, you and I have something in common. I also looked on Google to find out how to hard boil an egg. True. <laughs> Just a couple of weeks Thank ago. Thank you, brother. God bless you. <laughs> I could have asked my wife, but I thought, I'll just Google it, then I'll know. And I just said, oh, I know how to do this, no problem. Um, another question came up, and I'm going to throw it up on the screen. And it's a really good question. This um, is asking, how do you ensure that the discipleship is biblically sound are the conversations monitored? So let's say somebody volunteers. That we, we approve them. They've been trained. They, they go to do it. But how do we know that there's not going to be an, a, an agenda or somebody is going to share something that's not necessarily biblically correct or even false? How do you guard against that? Right. Now, the short answer and, and the unfortunate answer is that you can't 100% guard against that, right? But we we can do the best we can. And, you know, you can't guard against someone at a coffee shop from spilling out heresy, right, when they're sharing their faith. But we can do a lot more than just look at them at a coffee shop. The first step, again, is you fill out an application. We ask a few questions about your testimony, about how Christ transformed your life, any ministry experience you have, um, what you've been reading in the Word lately, what God's speaking to you. So we, and we ask for a spiritual reference or two on the, that application. We will follow up with that spiritual reference. And so that does a pretty good job of weeding out some folks that, that probably aren't ready to be online missionaries yet. Then separately, you'll go through the training. The, the online trainings again, very simple, 50 minutes of videos broken down into like nine different videos of five minutes a pop. So you can watch them in one, one fell swoop or you can break it up as your schedule allows. You go through the training and then, then you'll start receiving emails. For those first 28 days, you'll receive an email a day And each one of your responses will be overseen by one of our experienced community leaders. They'll actually look at your your response and and make sure that you're you're doing things right and, and again, helping with that that 
answering that question that gentleman or, or lady just asked. And so that's the process. And then once you're out of the community, uh, out of the training community, if you will, then you'll be placed in a Calvary of Albuquerque community. I, I hope we'll have tens and twenties and a ton of communities here. Uh, every group of 25 will have a community leader. So that's kind of your, if you ever have a question as an online missionary, uh, you can ask your community leader via email. They'll be able to answer, and if not, they can get to us. So that's, that's the and process. And, John, you're not only a part of this organization. You actually do this online yourself. Sure, is that right? yeah. And have, t- have you had any experiences of leading people to Christ? Yes. Uh, I'll share one that um, didn't ultimately lead. Or I don't know. I mean, a seed was planted. That's another thing with this. It, it's like going on, if you've ever been on a short-term missions trip or even a long-term missions trip, oftentimes you don't know the fruit of the of the labor right you go there and you sow seeds and you trust the lord for the growth so we'll see a lot of that with online missionaries but this one guy emailed me from from the uk and he said he wasn't a christian and he wanted to investigate more but he was really combative and he said you know what um i'm a homosexual and i i have no place in my life for a religion that condemns me and he said a couple, and I believe in dinosaurs and something else. I forget, I forget there was another one. But, um, you know, the, the homosexual issue is such a key issue. And I, I remember asking the Lord, how am I going to answer this guy? And I got on my knees and I just said, God, how am I going to answer this guy? And I had this picture of, not even the answer, that would come later, but this picture of what if congregants all over the country, were cha- all over the U.S., were challenged with questions like this and got on their knees and said, God, how do you want me to minister to this guy? He's hurting. It would transform this country if, if we all were, you know, if we could love and lovingly respond to the homosexual community at large, what would a better you know, face Christianity would have today? So that, that was that example that really hit me. Um. You, I, I just want to go back over a couple of things because there's even a short time. There was a lot of information sure. that I want to reinforce. Um, there's this thing you call O3B, other mm. three billion, and this is something that companies know about already, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And they're poised to do something about it. And and the idea is, is this kind of a global thrust to get other people who don't have technology? To get them online, is that the purpose? That's exactly it. And w- first of all, why do people want everybody online? It depends how cynical you are to answer that question. Uh, the the business, uh, the less cynical answer would just be more more people to market to, right? Right. Um, what the governments have in mind, people that are much smarter than I would be able to answer that question better, and maybe much more cynical than I. Um, maybe both of those go together. Uh, but all of that to say that uh, the, I believe the program is launching next year. They're going to launch low-level satellites. There are 14 what they call dark areas right now on the planet. They're going to launch low-level satellites that by the year 2015, and, and it looks like maybe even by 2013, the world will be covered. With, with, the, with the ability to get online. Right. Okay, but you showed me a picture like... I don't know, it was an African or, or even a South American tribes person in the bush, yeah. all painted up with his tribal regalia on, and he's on a cell phone. He's yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, first of all, how many bars does he have? <laughs> right? Like, what kind of service do you have? Because I lose calls 
I was going to say going up and down the street, but you're not supposed to. <laughs> In different parts of town, I've lost service. Right, right, right. And um, it's all Bluetooth. It's no worries. <laughs> so, so number one, does he get service? And how does he have a cell phone? I mean, those these things are expensive. How can they? How can somebody who lives in a hut have a cell phone? Right. From what I understand in Africa, uh, there it costs less than one dollar a month for cell, cell phone service. But they will to make a call. Yeah, it sounds good now. I'm getting me a hut. No, <laughs> no it, it sounds good now. But for the less patient fellows and gals in this room, you won't like it too much because every time that I had a native African in, in a hut, you know, she was, looked like she was probably 20 with a cell phone. It costs less than a dollar a month. But every time she wants to make a call or receive a call, she has to listen to an ad or watch an, an ad. So the companies are paying to, to do that. And so they pay a dollar a month, and the trade-off is when they want to use the phone, they have to watch an ad. Right. So what you're saying, tell us how GMO is going to capitalize on that. Are you going to be putting ads on phones? I, I, this is one of the areas we don't like to talk too much about, but I, I'll, I'll share with you... Um, we get a lot of traffic in Africa, okay. if you know what I'm saying. And you want to capitalize on the technology. Absolutely. Available. And rather than, I don't know what the other ads would be like, um, but why not give them a, a, the good news of Christ before they pick up the phone? Yeah. Praise God. And and the pregnant question is, you know, if we're not there, who will be? There are others there that every time in the U.S. that I've Googled Jesus, Jesus Christ or God, every time I've Googled that, one of those three, the Mormon church is always number one on the ads. They have more money than our ministry. They're all centralized out of Utah. Of course, they don't have more money than the Christian church, but we're fragmented. So they're always number one. And the Mormons, frankly, have, have taken a lot of our stuff. And they say flattery is the sincerest form of, you know what I'm trying to say. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Right. But uh, we wish they didn't do that, obviously. Um, so if, if we're not there, who will be? Hey, we have a question. I'm glad somebody asked this question. You have it right there on your screen. It says, mm. Iran jams the Internet and confiscates the satellite dishes used for Internet access. How do people access GMO or Christian websites, people looking for God on the Internet? How will they do it in Iran? You know, we've heard about this lately on the news. The yeah. government's sort of seize control of communication devices and mass communication for their own agenda. What do you do with that? Amen. I, d I don't specifically know about Iran. I know we get a ton of traffic from Iran and all over the Middle East. Um, I don't know how, and I remember reading about this like a month ago, it really came out. But the example I'll share with you uh, from Egypt earlier this year, uh, we saw tremendous traffic when they had the, uh, the upheaval. Just like six times the traffic we had year, year to date. Uh, last year in Egypt in the first couple of months. On one day, Egypt, they did. They unplugged the Internet. The government unplugged the Internet and the cell phones. And so our traffic was, you, it can be cut off. Now they, they put it right back up to service the next day, praise God. But the bottom line is, I, I think that's probably why Walt's been burdened. You know, we need to move faster. The urgency has been cranked up because we've seen how easy it is to unplug these things. Yeah. The door's open, but the door could close, you're saying, at any right. time. So while it's open, let's go through it. And, exactly. And I will say, we're right now, a huge, huge, huge percentage of our traffic comes from the Internet and cell phones. 
we're a media company. We, we're exploring everything. Like Walt likes to share, if I have to put the gospel on the side of a buffalo in the middle, I'll do that. So There's probably places where that would work. Right? <laughs> I've been to them. Um, walk me through this. Let's say I do this. I'm on the Internet, and, and I go to my website, uh, and, and I've got these emails from people, and somebody asks me a question, a philosophical question or a scientific question I, that I can't answer. Um, at that point, what do I do? Type in, sorry, I can't help you, or what do you do? How do you walk people through difficult situations like that? When I first heard about this texting thing, this Q&A at the end of your Wednesday night services, I thought it was just fantastic for just to dig into the scripture. But another great question, and I can't, I can't share everything in, in 30 minutes. So these questions are, I think, led by the Lord. Um, and another I don't want to oversimplify this. I keep saying that, but I keep using the word simple. So maybe I do want to oversimplify it. But you can reassign, as an online missionary, you can reassign a question for whatever reason you want. If you're too busy one day, there's a little icon, and and you'll see all of this if you come over to the hub. I'll I'll unpack it all for you. Um, There's a little icon where you just click reassign, and if you're too busy one day, if the guy asks a question that's too tough, a philosophical question... And we have specialty groups when it comes to different theological questions. We have a a specialty group that answers only really difficult theological questions. So if you can say theological question, or if it's about abortion, or if it's about suicide, and you just think, you know what, this is over my head. We have groups that that will be reassigned to, and marital problems, who are, are specialists in that. We have another question that has been texted in. Boy, you guys have some great questions. Um, it says, how does an OM... Disciple. Okay, and OM is online missionary. So for those that may not get that, called now OM. OM. How does an OM? <laughs> Redeeming OM. How does an OM, an OM, a, a online missionary disciple new believers? Are there discipleship tools or programs available? This is really good because not everybody is questioning about the faith. They have said, "I've already prayed to receive Christ," and we have the opportunity to disciple them. So are there tools, or do we just have to know everything? Yeah, there are tools. One I, one I alluded to during the, the talk was the 30-day Bible study, um, that if, if you can invite that person to attend, uh, not to attend online, and if they say, yeah, I'd, le- I'd like to go through the 30-day study with you, every single day they'll get one lesson. So that'll be their little devotional time. It'll get them in the habit of, of building a quiet time, right? So that 30-day devotional is a great tool. We have another tool. We partner with a website called gotquestions.org. If someone asks you a difficult question, click on the icon. You go to their website, gotquestions.org. Right now, I think they have over 280,000 questions scripturally answered. So if you type in any type in sin, you'll get 80 questions. Or why does God allow evil? You'll get 50 um, hits. And you just pick the question that most aligns with what they're asking. Um, so we have, a, we have a, the answer is yes. We have a ton of resources available for all the online missions. How many countries again are you reaching out to? How many countries does this every country on the planet? Every country on the planet. Yes. Anybody who has access, what about languages? Languages fifteen languages, I frankly I don't know them wrote with, uh, but the fifteen top languages I would say, yeah. Are you planning on developing more languages? Yes. Our our short term goal is I believe there are forty three Google languages. So we want to get there in the very near term. Uh, and but yes a few months ago, we were at 11 or 13 languages. 
Uh, last year, 11. A few months ago, 13. Now we're at 15. So growing on that and growing. And what countries would you say are the top countries that you see response from? Top countries are China, India. Uh, the U.S. is usually about third or fourth. Indonesia, largest Muslim country on the planet. And that's, that's usually about the fourth most hit. Wow. Uh, tremendous all over the, the Middle East, tremendous all over Africa. It's just, it's... This is like Star Trek missionary evangelism, mm. to go where no man has gone <laughs> before. I mean, we, we love the whole idea of sending people out in the mission field, and this doesn't take the place of that, obviously. No. In fact, what we hope to do is use the ones that we have in different countries who have computer access to be a part of this as well. Um, but the, the concept of being able to reach out to people who are already inquiring, they've sort of shown themselves already. It's, if you look at a crowd of 100 people, you don't know who has questions about God, but when they come on the Internet and they've already Googled to find out and hit a website, well, now they've surfaced. Right. So it's like it makes it so much easier right. to get the word spread. What, what I like to say is, you know, it's not so much that we're even evangelizing, but we're... We're casting the net, as I shared that with Skip earlier. We're casting the net at all the hard work that all of these on-the-ground missionaries have been doing for years and the, the seeds they've been sowing. And now we're casting the net, or the Internet, and we're getting this huge haul of fish. And I'm here because the net's broken. You know, we need help discipling these people. So it's, when I say the net, the Internet's broken, it, it's because the, the haul is so great, we need more people to... to complete the task. Okay. John, we have one more question that has come in, and it's another OM question. <laughs> um, so we'll throw that up on the screen. How far can the OM, or online missionary, you know what that is by now, the OM, how, how far can the OM take the discipleship process? So you're going to have some people that are just going to do the minimum, sure. and then there's some people who will get so animated and so excited, they want to share like like a fountain, everything that the Lord has poured into mm -hmm. them and, and how to grow um, in relationships and uh, grow in leading others to Christ, etc. How far can can we take the process? Yeah, it's it's really up to you. You know, it's we, we have people that have now we're going there down the road, but we're not there yet where we'll have a um, kind of connecting these people with boots on the ground in their um, indigenous region. Uh, but we've had many, many online missionaries who will find a church in their area and connect them to that church or a missionary that, that they may know. Some fascinating anecdotes I could share with you. Um, but really, the, the onus is on you as the online missionary. To We have the tools, and, and the tools are on the Internet. Um, and, and pray for these people. Uh, it, it is such a... The first 12 people I responded to did not respond back to me. You know, I... They, they said they prayed to receive Christ. I answered their question. Or maybe they didn't have a question, and I just tried to encourage them. And they didn't respond back to me. And, and I said, Lord, what's up? What, is this ministry, this was before I even started working for them. I said, is this, is this worth it? And God just laid on my heart, how much are you praying for these people? And I said, honestly, you know, the answer is not much. So I get the name, I get the person, I find their question. I just ask God, how do you want me to minister to this person? And now the, the percentage is really high as to the folks who actually get back to me. So. Okay, John, here's the last question I'm going to ask you. I'm going to have Ives come out in just a minute to close this. And I have one more songs. thing I'd like to share. Okay, great. Um, you know, we know that this is already impacting people around the world. It's changing lives for eternity. But, but tell us what this does for the person doing it. 
What is the effect of getting involved in this for the person who decides to become an online missionary? Yeah. The you know, survey says survey says their face gonna grow. Um, you're gonna have, you're definitely gonna think more globally. You're gonna have a more more of a vision of the whole world and um, you're gonna draw closer to Christ. You're gonna you're gonna be encouraged to share your faith more at, at the coffee shop or at work or at school. Because you're going to find out that, you know what, there really aren't that many questions that are good. I, I think the most, the, the biggest reason, I'm, would you agree, Skip, that most people don't share their faith because they're scared they'll ask a, I would say so, yes. get asked a question. And they'll find there really aren't that many questions that are going to knock them on their keister. And you know what, if they do, I don't know. I'll get back to you on that or, or whatever. And, and you'll see resources that, that are out there. So you're going to, you're going to grow in the word and, you know, it, one pastor who's a real champion of this says, you know, we can teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and that's great. But if we don't have an outlet to use all that knowledge, knowledge puffs up, but we need to exercise that, right. that faith, right? In fact, you'll remember it if you teach it to somebody else. Amen. So you were going to share something else, and then I'm going to share something else. Okay. <laughs> and this, this probably isn't going to work. It's a new little toy we have, and I really wanted to use it because... We don't know what it's, how it's going to work. It's the first time we've tried it. Um, you know, I mentioned the ads that, that we take. And, and so the two things we really, besides prayer and, and new innovation and new, you know, there's a lot we need. But the, the two biggest things are online missionaries and money. So we have this new little texting uh, for donations. So you could reach 100 people with the gospel for $10. If you text in a number I'm about to give you, or you text in GMO to the number I'm about to give you, you will reach 100 people with the gospel. Your, your phone bill will be charged $10. And that, it's a one-time deal, and that's it. We just want to see if, you know, because we have a lot of radio stations that want to work with us and give us free advertising because they just think it's amazing what God is doing. And so to, um, if you text GMO, and again, that 10 bucks will go on your phone bill, but it, and that's it. That's the end of the story. Um, but you'll reach, actually, the real end of the story is 100 people will hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So if you text GMO to the number 51481, 51481, then uh, you'll reach 100 people with the So with GMO, the no space, just GMO. Right. GMO 51481. Right. Just text that. Text GMO to that number. Five. Oh, I see. Like five one four eight one would be the, the text phone number. Right, GMO, GMO, right. To that number five one four eight one. Right. And then, and how will we do that? How will we reach a hundred people? Uh, it costs us ten cents um, every time someone clicks on one of our ads. I see. Across the board. So if you if you kick in ten dollars, ten dollars times ten cents is a hundred presentations of the oh, gospel. Oh, that's great. Okay, great. Good to know that. Well, we're going to do that. Um, um, when, here's what I wanted to kind of close with, John. Yeah. When I first started my faith in Christ, I did what that one girl said that I did with a group of people and going out street witnessing. Somebody did that with me. And they put me on the street. Mm. I was a week old in Christ. I knew nothing. And they said, go share the gospel. I said, okay, and what is that exactly? <laughs> and they kind of said, look, here's sort of the main points in and follow me and watch me a little bit, and then I'm going to turn you loose tonight. I was so scared, to your point. I was petrified 
First of all, I'd never just come out and talk to somebody about the Lord. Second, I was afraid they would ask me a question I didn't understand. Somebody asked me a question I didn't understand. I remember the night. I remember the question. It was about evolution. And I remember saying to them, if you'll meet me in a week at this same spot at the same time, I'll have the answer for you. And I went home and I researched it. And the next week, I was looking for the person to tell that answer to. Well, he didn't show up. But I was sharing the gospel with other people. And they asked me a question I didn't understand. And I had to say the same thing. Well, long and short, it made me grow because I was curious to find out what these answers are and to be ready with answers. So my faith grew exponentially as I learned to dispense the truth and to search it out. So you, you've actually made it so much easier for us. Yeah. And we appreciate you and appreciate you being here. Oh, thanks so much, Skip. Okay. Here's the deal. I am, I am passionate about the idea of releasing people to share the gospel. You know, it's up to us. Tools have been given to us. They're in our hands. We text people every day. We email people every day. Why not allow the Lord to use some of us to share the gospel with people around the world? You know, some of you have been on mission trips, and I commend you for that. Others of you have paid good money to send people on mission trips. And I thank you for that. We need senders as well as goers. But here's a way, if you'll never be able to travel abroad, where you can reach people who live abroad in their hearts using the technology that God has already given us. And I think we live in a wonderful time, and I'm all for using the technology that's available to make the name of Jesus more famous. So it's just my encouragement to all of us as a church to get involved with this. Uh, this is the kickoff night for this. We're going to give more announcements, obviously, on Sunday mornings to come and Wednesday nights to come. But um, uh, get in on the ground level of this. I think you'd be happy that you did. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity that um, was not available to Paul or Peter or John or James or even a thousand years ago or when Gutenberg... Uh, landed on the printing press and that old style of media came into view. Lord, now it's much easier. And Lord, I pray that you'd put a fire in our hearts to make Jesus' name more well-known and to make our faith more dynamic in spreading his name around. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this service from Calvary of Albuquerque. If you would like more information about what you've heard in this message or about Calvary of Albuquerque, please visit our website at www.calvaryabq.org. If you have made a decision to follow Christ or would like someone to pray for you, please leave a message with our prayer watch line at 505-344-3658. Thank you and God bless.